The blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. And John Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, John Spees. And I'm your co-host, Adam Spees. And today we are finally getting to our first quarterfinals. Is this the quarterfinals? Semifinals? Uh, no, it's not even. We are in the not round even. of 32. And it's not 32 finals. our first... Because uh, our very first two episodes, we had to do them because we were still getting patrons when we okay. started recording. So, uh, yeah. So you're, well, you're let's wrong throw that script out the, uh, out the window. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're continuing our Throwback Trivia Takedown patron tournament. Uh, Adam, could you give us, uh, now that we're kind of into that first round, could you kind of give us a breakdown of what other um, matches we're going to expect in the rest of this round? Yes. All right. So, um the what we've got coming up is, um, so we already had the Frankie Mitchell-Josh North episode where Frankie won. Actually, the winner of this game will be taking on Frankie Mitchell in the round of 16. Uh, we've got uh, Drew Buxbaum will be taking on Vernon Heggie. Uh, Scott Grimes lost to Anna Piper uh, early on in one of our earlier episodes of this round of 32. Nathan McQuinn will be taking on Drew McClurg. Josh Bomback is taking on Brian Harris. Uh, Jody Steele will be taking on Eric Ede, Brian Nash taking on Caroline Bronstein, Josh Wenrick taking on Madeline Garvey, Cheyenne Fletcher taking on Luke Leavenworth, Ian Schultze taking on Bing Cow, Brian McClure will go against Jeremy Goodson, Megan Walsh versus Matthew Kirk, Donald Fuller versus Michael Turner, Dan Lumberg versus Kelly McClure, and Will Dennison versus Nick Groves. Oh, we got a ways to go just in this first big round. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. In one corner, he leaves his opponents frozen in fear. He's cooler than being cool. It's ice cold, chilly Willie Gilbert. Will, remind the folks at home who you are and a little bit about you. Hey, I'm uh, Will. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I'm a high school teacher. Um, and right now it is very cold and I'm kind of mad about it. <laughs> Uh, it's fair. It's uh, it's it's cold here in Las Vegas. I actually had to put on a light jacket. I was very upset. We we had a no school yesterday just because it or we were teaching from home, so it was that cold. That is how you know it's actually cold is when uh, there is no school. Yes. In the other corner, he is the reigning throwback trivia takedown ch- uh, tournament champion. Uh-oh. No pressure. And your next president. Of the West Virginia Accountants Collective and Square Dance Jamboree, it's Scotty Too Hotty Barber. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's, what's actually funny about that is next year in 2023, my wife actually does become president of the West Virginia Society of CPAs. There you go. So you're not far off on that one. I'll have to work on the Square Dance part, but... But at least there will be a barber as president of uh, the West Virginia Society of CPAs in 2023. I will take it. Uh, Scott, I want you to just mention a couple of things about yourself as well. Uh, just boring accountant from uh, West Virginia, work for the government, and nothing much to report there. I'm, I, I will take this time, though, to 
formally protest this seating system you guys have got. <laughs> I was, I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I, I know where I stand in the pantheon of trivia players. I'm not nowhere near the top, but you guys named me number one seed. I appreciate that. But you got me going against this guy in my first round. <laughs> For real? This is how you do your seeding? You got top seed, obviously. But, I, you know, even though I, we know these other people to some extent, we got to give them random, and that's just kind of how it ended up going. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's fine. I'm not, not – no, this is – that's fine. It's 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 fine. I, I do It'll be love... okay. I, I also didn't want to be here. <laughs> Neither one of yeah. us are happy about this draw. I do. Love, all the pressure is on Scott Barber, and all week, pretty yeah. much, uh, Will has been mentioning, "I'm going to lose to Scott uh, coming up Friday when we record. I'm going to be losing to Scott today." So he's been like setting st- his standards low, so he can't. It's a no lose situation for him, basically. <laughs> Which is an absolute joke. If if anyone out there knows Will Gilbert, you know how much of a joke that is. But come on. Come on. Come All on. right, folks. Well, let's learn how to play the game. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of ten questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, before we get started, I want to know our contenders just a little bit better. And gentlemen, since we uh, just had an episode similar to this come on our other podcast, Blast From Our Past, I want to know, what is your favorite snack from the 90s? I can go first. Hit me. Uh, Be... Because the answer is Dunkaroos. Uh, Dunkaroos are, they are cookie. And the best part of any sort of, of cookie, which is the icing to me. Uh, and you can, it's it's one of those like classic build your own, but the entire process of it is, is great. And it's amazing. And they also came back again recently and they're still good. All right. They hold up. All right, Scott. For me, uh, the 90s is when Flamin' Hot Cheetos was first introduced and my ritual in college of going out to find flaming hot cheetos and jolt cola (laughs) to this day is something it's a core memory of my college years is going uh, down to the local 7-eleven for jolt cola and flaming hot cheetos jolt cola tasted some between battery fluid and just pure toxic syrup, but it had all of the sugar and double the caffeine. It got you where you needed to go if you were studying. So, yeah, flaming hot Cheetos, Joe Cola, uh, maybe a surge are... in there every now and then just to mix it up. Those are two things my parents wouldn't let me consume. Mm, they're smart. Yeah. And see, that's the beauty of growing up West Virginian. When you're a hillbilly, they don't care what you eat. <laughs> Teeth are gone anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, both uh, both very interesting picks, uh, but only one of those two actually made my list. 
And in the end, I'm about as Caucasian as it comes, and I can't handle my spice, but Dunkaroos most definitely made my list. So Will's going to get to pick first in round one. Yeah, as soon as I heard it, I said, man, it's a great pick. <laughs> I never really did the Dunkaroos in the 90s, but that's a great pick. I, I have a friend who works for a, a cupcake company, and they recently made a Dunkaroos cupcake, which seems weird. It's really just a cupcake that has icing, and then you put cookies on top. But it tasted like original Dunkaroos. Oh, it was nice. amazing. Oh, very wow. Cool. All right. Well, what uh, category do you want to start us off? I'm going to start off where I normally do with news and politics. All right. Hey, and we're going from 90s snacks to 90s news and politics. Which single-stranded RNA virus spread to mammals by mosquitoes quickly swept across the U.S. after its first case was reported in 1999 in Queens, New York? Worried because I feel like there are a couple of options here, so I can't talk it out. Let's go with the West Nile virus. West Nile virus is correct. Good call. All right, and over to Scott. Uh, Let's go with TV. Okay. And your decade is the 80s. From 1984 to 1989, Michael Landon starred as the probationary angel sent back to Earth who teams up with an ex-cop to help people in what show? I believe that was Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven is correct. I tried watching that show when I was younger. (laughs) Wasn't really a big fan. I did enjoy him in... Uh, Little House on the Prairie, yeah, but House. I yeah. I couldn't quite get into Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven was a weird show, but just by the premise of it. My parents would watch it when I was a kid, and uh, it would be on. Never got into it. Mm-hmm. I'd just see it on and be like, okay, you're watching the weird show again about the walk guy who's <laughs> like, it's like Bill Bits, Bixby without changing into the Hulk. He just walks all <laughs> over the, he's like walking up and down roads <laughs> and weird. All right. And we are back to Will. I don't know what it'll be, so we're going to go with it. Let's try slang. Slang, all right. And your decade is the 70s. Where'd you get those peepers? I bet from this 70s slang, used similar to Oh My God. I don't know how much of this you want to say. I'm going to start with Jeepers and can say Jeepers Creepers on a prompt. (laughs) Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers is correct. That was exactly what I was looking for. Okay, good. All right, and back to Scott. Let's go movies. Okay. And your decade is the 50s. Well, I lied earlier when I said I didn't have any more Will Dennison questions. (laughs) (laughs) This is my last Will Dennison question. Thank you, Will. Shakespeare's plays have been made into movies more than 400 times, making the Bard the most filmed author of all time in any language. Macbeth, for example, has been adapted into a movie at least 45 times. One of those was the 1957 classic samurai film Throne of Blood. What director moved the setting of the Scottish play to feudal Japan? Just from the description, I've got a guess, but it's not a great one. I'll just guess Kurosawa. Kurosawa is correct. Oh, lucky guess. It's a a great movie. It's probably the best Macbeth adaptation. Really? That's uh, interesting, yeah. Yeah. I still haven't gotten around to see the latest Macbeth with... uh, Denzel Washington. I've heard good things about it too. But. Same. I've only heard good things. Yeah. All right. Well, we're four for four so far. Will, let's uh, let's keep that trend going. What category do you want? Let's try food and drink. All right. See what it is. And it's the seventies. What Los Angeles County soul food restaurant chain, 
founded by Herb Hudson in 1975, was referred to by the L.A. Times as, quote, such an L.A. institution that people don't even question the strange combo anymore, end quote. This is one I should know. I'm just going to say chicken and waffles. I don't know the answer, though. I'm going to need you to be more specific. Can you be more specific? I'm going to say mama's chicken and waffles. Mom, But I don't think that's mama's right. Mama's chicken and waffles is incorrect. Scott, can you steal? Yeah, I think it's Roscoe's chicken and waffles. And I think Will just figured out it was <laughs> Roscoe's too by watching him just right when I oh god, right when I said it, I was like, no, I know it now. It's just too late. Uh, oh god. Uh, Roscoe's chicken nice and waffles is correct. And it is good. I have eaten there. It is uh it's it's tasty. As good as advertised. All right, Scott, you got the steal and you get to pick your next category. Well, I'm sure that won't last, but let's uh, just keep on keeping on with the uh, music. All right, music. And it's the 2000s. Okay. What British singer's four albums have been named for the age she was at the time they were recorded, including her first one in 2008? I think that first one was called 19. And uh, I'm just going to go with her most well-known name as Adele. Adele is correct. At least you weren't like full name, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, can I have a full name? Uh, I'd be like, okay, it's Adele. I think it's Adele Chicken and Waffles. I'm <laughs> Not anymore, man. She's uh, no, she's yeah, she's smelt. Yeah, she uh, is. Yeah, she's looking. I know her middle name is Blue. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's Adele Blue Atkins. Is her full? That's name. right. That's a. I think that's yeah. funny. That's an awesome name. Yeah, Adele Blue Atkins. Yeah, it is an awesome name. All right, Will. What category would you like? Um, let's go with uh, toys and games. Toys and games. And it's the 2000s. Oh, boy. After launching on Facebook in 2009, what agricultural simulation game became the most popular game on the site and held that position for over two years? I really hated this game and never played it because I played its predecessor, Sim Farm, so much. Uh, I still have it on on CD-ROM, but I, I believe it's Farmville. Farmville is correct. I was addicted to that game. I wasn't any good at it, but I played it. Is, is there a, a level of skill that's needed on that game, or is it just make sure you come back all the time and tap yeah. things? You know what, Adam? Sometimes uh, just the repetitiveness of a game is all you need. Yeah. Uh, all right. Back to Scott and left. We have sports, fashion, and literature. I uh, can't believe sports is still left here, but let's go ahead and go with it. Sports. Okay. And it's our third 2000s in a row. Oh. Ooh. At the 2006 FIFA World Cup final, Zinedine Zidane, I probably butchered that name. Zidane. Whatever. <laughs> headbutted Italy's Marco Materazzi in the chest during extra time, resulting in him being red carded. What team did Zidane play for? Uh, he was uh, on the French team and uh, did the headbutt and got thrown out of the game. France is correct. That was one of the, like a, oh, sorry, go ahead, Scott. No, nah, I was going to say that's one of the very few major soccer moments I have in my brain. I don't, typical American, I don't watch a lot of soccer, especially in the early 2000s. I remember it like it was yesterday, see him do it, and I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen anybody <laughs> do in a big, in the biggest moment of all big moments. Right. Mm -hmm. That's when you decide to lose your mind. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, talking to a buddy who was a big soccer guy uh, recently, kind of about that, and he was saying that yeah, Zidane is could it was probably can go down as one of the top ten greatest of all time. 
I mean, easily the top 20 of all time. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he's vastly more remembered for that headbutt than oh, yeah. anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how sure. just a moment will yeah. cement your legacy like that. Mm-hmm. All right, Will, what left we have fashion and literature. What do you want to keep for yourself? I'll take literature. Okay. And it's the 80s. What 1989 novel by the Nobel Prize winning British author Kazuo Ishiguro was turned into a film in 1993 starring Anthony Hopkins as the main character, Mr. Stevens? Remains of the Day. Remains of the Day is correct. Yep. All right. And that leaves Scott with fashion. And no question has uh, been missed yet, Scott. So uh, no pressure here. (laughs) Well, I, mean, um, I should yeah, say for no both qu- of no you. No questions went left dead, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the pressure's really on both of us with this. Yeah. Pressure. Uh, and it's the 60s. Great. Control-Alt-Delete. What dress in which the cloth falls straight from the shoulders and has darts around the bust became popular in Western fashion in the 1920s and was revived in the 1960s? There's no way I'm getting this without the hint so i'm concentrating on the hint can i get a reread of that control alt delete what dress in which the cloth falls straight from the shoulders and has darts around the bust became popular in western fashion in the 1920s and was revived in the 1960s oh see i'm in the situation sam was in earlier i mean will was in earlier sorry the the brain is already freezing up where i don't want to talk this out let me just think it out. Go into my stupid brain, see if I can pull something out that even makes a little bit of sense. If uh, if, your, if your brain could uh, could record directly to the feed so we could play that later, that'd be great. Make for much better podcasting. That would make better than <laughs> me just sitting here in dead silence, I'm sure. Um, let's go with um, let's go with the lock dress. Lock dress is incorrect. Will, can you steal? Is this a shift dress? Shift dress is correct. Nice Whoa. job. Okay. I've never even heard of that. I, I At first, I, I was going through, is this like a task manager yeah, dress? That's that exactly what I was going to guess. And then I was, I was like, like, okay, maybe it's maybe it's just a key. And then I went through it and I was like, oh, I've heard of a shift. Nice. I've never even heard of that. I was just going, I was like, is it maybe, yeah, because lock screen was as close as I was getting to it. But yeah, good job. Nice. All right, that is the end of round one. Adam, what is our score? Well, with the knowledge of his keyboard uh, and able to steal one back, we are tied up 50 to 50 going into round two. Oh, we got a good one brewing here, folks. All right, Will got to pick first in round one. So, Scott, what category do you want to give to Will first here in round two? Well, we both hated it so much, I'm going to give him back fashion. <laughs> I appreciate that sincerely. Anytime. <laughs> Not at all surprised. <laughs> Your decade is the 90s. Name this homey hairstyle featuring a long fringe windowing either a middle parting or a side parting with short sides and back. This name generally applies to males, although an alternative, the undercut, is used for any gender. Just because you struggled in saying that, can I get a repeat? Yes, and thank you for <laughs> giving me a chance to, uh, you know, redeem myself. Name this homey hairstyle featuring a long fringe windowing either a middle parting or a side parting with short sides and back. The name generally applies to males, although an alternative, the undercut, is used for any gender. 
trying to parse it all. I promise that I did not have this haircut in the 90s. I know that much. Um, so I'm just going to name a haircut that I had in the 90s and say a bowl cut. Bowl cut is incorrect. Scott, can you steal? Probably not. Um, homey, and the way you're describing it sounds like drapes to me, so I'm going to say a drape haircut. Drapes is so close. Ah. It is curtained. Curtained hair. Mm. Curtained hair. I was in the right church, wrong pew. All right. Our first miss. I knew it was it was eventually it was gonna happen. It was bound to happen. It was bound to happen in fashion. Exactly. Let's be clear. <laughs> uh all right. Uh Will, what category do you want to give to Scott? That's a great question. It's the first one I've asked all day. <laughs> um I think that oh, see, I don't know. I feel like yeah, Scott is... likes things that I don't, and uh I like things that he doesn't, so I don't know whether I should give him things that I want. Yeah, this is the this is the Vicini scenario I've been running through my head all week. Yeah, is the do I drink the wine in front of me or do I choose the wine in front of you when it comes to this round? And then it's like if I could choose which decades to give you, right? This would yeah, be then, solid. then it, yeah, exactly. It'd be all fifties. Yep. You know that. <laughs> yeah, this is this is where the game in my head got fun. I was like, oh man, he's going to come after stuff that I don't know, and I'm going to go after stuff that he doesn't know, and this is going to be. This will be where it really gets fun in this round. Fun fact, in our early testing of this game, we did actually allow the contestants to pick the decades for the other people, and then we realized yeah. that everyone just picked the same decades every time, so yeah. then we had to change it. Yeah, I mean, you could do the thing where you uh, you know, said you have this pool of things. They can get two from X. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're complicated. It's, so much work. it's more <laughs> so much work, work for us, and we're lazy. That's <laughs> what dice are for. I respect it. I've already written out my page, so Scott, take some literature. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right. And it's the 2000s. Okay. Oh. According to Goodreads.com's Listopia, what seventh book in a series of seven, released in 2007, is the best novel of the 2000s? Hmm. Was it released in seventh book? Can I get a reread of that, please? According to Goodreads.com's Listopia, what seventh book in a series of seven, released in 2007, is the best novel of the 2000s? I'm just trying to line up my ears here. Got a lot to cut out because I'm thinking, sorry. <laughs> we don't like thinking on our podcast. Uh, we don't need that. We don't need that thinking <laughs> stuff. I'll just guess uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows is correct. Yeah. That's the only, I just kept trying to rule everything else out and I was like, that didn't, did, didn't come out in 2007, but I guess it did. Yeah, at, okay. at that point, it's like name another seventh book in a series. That was that's where and that's where I was at. But I <laughs> like the honestly, seventh book of the Narnia series. But well, I'm pretty sure that was the different century. So yeah, it's one of those again though that I just like. Uh, I know there are so many really obscure books out there, or but it, none of it fits. So I just was like, all right, I was, I was just making sure that I didn't just blurt it out. But good thing it was right. All right. right, Scott. What category do you want to give to Will? Uh, let's let's roll along the same lines here. Let's go sports. Okay. And your decade is the fifties. Name this halfback, whose accolades include being a nineteen fifty one All American, a nineteen fifty six NFL MVP, nineteen fifty nine Pro Bowl MVP, 
and being married to a ta- daytime talk show host. Gifford. Gifford is correct. Yep. Good job. That last one, thanks That's, for that. Yeah. There's no yeah. way I was going to get it from the football alone. Yeah, I was going a completely different route until that last piece of information came out, and I was like, oh, that completely changes my answer. Yes, officially Frank Gifford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I almost said that, but I wanted to make sure. Smart <laughs> yeah. move. All right, well, what category do you want to give to Scott? Scott, how about some food and drink? Food. Food is good. And I do love me some food from the 80s. What sub-brand of Stouffer's was launched in 1981 as a lighter alternative to the classic frozen meals? I think that's Lean Cuisine, right? I think Lean Cuisine is correct. Hmm. All right. What category do you want to give to Will? Uh, Let's go slang. And your decade is the 50s again, Will. If I said, this place is Antsville, I'm saying it's what? You said Antsville. Would you spell that for yep. me? A-N-T-S-V-I-L-L-E. Um, I will preface this by saying I've never heard it before in my life. So I'm going to try to go back into my, what the hell could this mean? You said this place is Antsville, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say um, this place is... That that something is dead, like like nothing's happening there. Dead is incorrect. Scott, can you steal? Probably not. Again, uh, I've never heard this either. But when I think of ants, I think of ants crawling around in a bunch. So I think if it's Antsville, it's compact and crowded. I'll just guess crowded. Crowded is correct. Wow. Okay. Wow, that is like the fifth guess I would have gone with. Good job. Well, that's the beauty of me is I stumble on the right answer when everyone else thinks that's the stupidest answer anybody could give. I would have gone with like maybe creepy next be my next guess. I think of ants. I just think of the the little colonies where they're all packed together, you know. Or maybe it was crazy like ants in the pants, like something that's like, ah, but couldn't. What is this? A vill for ants? (laughs) That's how I would have said it. (laughs) I had the I had the uh, spirit of Dave Matthews running through my brain. <laughs> there you go. Scott, I think Scott should have toys and games next. Okay. All right, let's do it. Okay. And Scott's decade is the '80s. Okay. What 1985 fantasy theme hack and slash arcade game by Atari is noted as being one of the first multiplayer dungeon crawl arcade games? You could play as Thor, a warrior. Merlin, a wizard, Thera, a Valkyrie, or Questor, an elf. Uh, reread of that, please. What 1985 fantasy theme hack and slash arcade game by Atari is noted as being one of the first multiplayer dungeon crawl arcade games? You could play as Thor, a warrior, Merlin, a wizard, Thera, a Valkyrie, or Questor, an elf. I don't remember this at all. Questor, Thor. 85. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember this game at all. I don't even know if this is the name of a game or not, but I vaguely remember something called Hero Quest. So I'll just guess Hero Quest. Hero Quest is a fantastic board game that I yeah, myself own. And unfortunately, not the correct answer. Yeah. Will, can you steal? Maybe. Um, there's a game I used to play when I went to the movie theater much later uh, than the 80s. And it was a, the, the sort of sequel to the sequel to the sequel to a game that might be this. Uh, and it was called Gauntlet Legends. I think this was just called Gauntlet. Gauntlet 
is correct. Nice job. I owned it for PlayStation after I played it a lot at the at the movie theater. I was like, okay, I gotta buy this now, and it yeah. came out on PlayStation. I, I got the same way because I played uh, an N sixty four version of Gauntlet Legends at a buddy's house, and that's how I would have gotten there the same way you did. Yeah, good job. I've heard of it. I just couldn't pull it. Good job. All right, Will got the steal. So now Scott, you've got to pick a category for him. Mm, let's go TV. Okay, TV. And Will's decade is the two thousands. Ooh. On the show How I Met Your Mother, the character of Marshall Erickson is from what Minnesota city? I was going to say he's from Minnesota. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for, too. <laughs> but now I'm just going to like name all the cities and see what sounds right in my head. <sighs> I know he's a Vikings fan. That doesn't help. If you're from Minnesota, you're a Vikings fan. Mm. Uh, doesn't narrow that down at all. I'm pretty sure it's required. My wife yeah, is a it's... Vikings fan, and she hates football. Because she's from Minnesota? Because she's from there, and she's by law required to say that she is a yeah. Vikings fan. I don't have a good answer. Um, so I'm going to pick a city from Minnesota uh, only because it was the correct answer on Final Jeopardy last week sometime. Uh, Duluth. Duluth is incorrect. Scott, can you steal? That's hilarious. That's what, that's what I was going to pick for the same reason. Um, so, uh Good lord, I don't, I don't have this at all. I was, I was dead. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna say Duluth and run with it. Um, guess I still could, but wouldn't be smart. Um, <laughs> let's let's go with the obvious miss. Just say Minneapolis. Minneapolis is also incorrect. Yeah. Adam, I know you watched this show. Do you remember? I do not remember one. I stab. I'll go St. Paul. St. Paul is incorrect. The correct answer is St. Cloud. St. Cloud. Mm. Yeah, never got there. Never would have got there. Me neither. Uh, They have a good hockey team. Uh, Yeah. St. Cloud State uh, tends to do well on the uh, Frozen Four. (laughs) And uh, apologies to Dan Lundberg, who'll be on later, because I'm sure he would (laughs) have knocked that one right out of the park. I only saw every single episode of that show twice, so I should have known it, but (laughs) probably not. That's not a thing in my brain. That's crazy. All right, Adam. It had to happen at least once. Uh, is uh, Will picking for Scott? All right. Uh, Scott, please take music. Okay, sure. <laughs> take it right now. And your decade is the 80s. Ooh. Okay. The process of manually altering film footage one frame at a time, also known as rotoscoping, was prominently used on a Norwegian band's 1985 music video for what song? Oh, yeah. Thank you for the Norwegian hit, by the way. If uh, if, if I don't have Norwegian in there, I'm like, hmm, what's the rotoscope? Because I was already starting to lean with a sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel, the choppy way that it's made. But with the Norwegian hint, I got to go, aha. I had an aha moment, so I'll go with aha, take on me. Take on me is correct. I'm regretting giving you music. I want that question. (laughs) All right, Scott. Uh, see here, we got news and politics, movies, right? Yep, that's it. Let's go news. (laughs) Okay, I knew what was going to happen at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. Uh, your decade is also the eighties. Who boy? Bear with me. This is a long-winded question. MIDI, M-I-D-I, is a technical standard that describes a communications protocol, digital interface, and electrical connectors that connect a wide variety of electronic musical instruments computers, and related audio devices. 
used for playing, editing, and recording music. It was standardized in 1983 by a panel of music industry representatives and is maintained by the MIDI Manufacturers Association. What does MIDI stand for? That is a question that I think should have been in the music category that I I just gave to Scott. So I'm going to protest. That's what I was like. I was like, this is a news question. It is a technology question, and our old technology category got folded into news and politics. Uh, That seems uh, incorrect since this is a music (laughs) technology. Um, I'm going to need you to read that again Mm -hmm. very slowly. I'm going to write down some words that you say and see what I can pull together. MIDI, I'm just going to sit back and watch on this one. <laughs> MIDI, M-I-D-I, is a technical standard that describes a communications protocol, digital interface, and electrical connectors that connect a wide variety of electronic music instruments, computers, and related audio devices used for playing, editing, and recording music. It was standardized in 1983 by a panel of music industry representatives and is maintained by the MIDI Manufacturers Association. What does MIDI stand for? All four words that I'm going to say are words that you said in that question. (laughs) So let's see if this is correct. Probably not. Music industry digital interface. Music industry digital interface is incorrect. Scott, can you steal? Probably not again. Um, Please don't make me read that question again. Nope, 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 (laughs) nope, nope. That's not happening. We're just going to take our medicine and move on on this one. Um, I think the first one's music, and I've got nothing better than digital interface for a second one. It's that middle word. What was the middle thing again? Um, music information and digital interface. Music information digital interface is also incorrect. Yeah, had no shot. Both of you had music, or technically in this case it was musical, and digital interface is correct. It is musical instrument digital interface. Instrument. Good Lord. Yeah. If I got it's musical instead of music, I probably could have gotten there. But mm-hmm. uh, you also did say instrument, didn't you? I did. You said all four words. I knew I knew that was going to be enough <laughs> words to find four words within it. And uh didn't work out in the end. That's all right. That was a very tough question. Uh, all right. So I believe Will is stuck with movies or no? Uh, Scott, Scott is stuck Scott with movies. Scott is stuck with movies. Yep. And the decade will be the 60s. See Jane Fonda do her thing in this 1968 sci-fi film as the title character, a space traveler and representative of the United Earth government sent to def- sent to find scientist Durand Durand, who has created a weapon that could destroy humanity. I was going to mention that Durand Durand got their name from this, but you beat me to it in the reading of it. This is Barbarella. This is Barbarella. It's a fitting that I get a Barbarella uh, question in the round on with last name being Barber. So. Uh, all right. That is the end of round two. Adam, what is our score? All right. He is pulled just a little bit ahead, but uh, wagering. We'll see how things go. Scott is in the lead with 100 and Will has 70. All right, Scott, since you are in the lead, what category would you like in the final round? Oh, gosh. Let's just go with music. Music. And that decade will be the 70s. And Will, what category would you like? A great question. I'm two for two today in great questions. I know. <laughs> and they all have nothing to do with the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, uh, God, I don't even know strategically what I should be doing here. I've played this game a lot, Will. 
And I still don't know strategically what to do here, man. For do y'all real. mind if I just roll a die? Sure. Oh, Go for it. Fascinating. I'm going to roll a D10. Roll a D10. I was going to say roll a D10. Oh, we already know which one is. Okay, so I'm going to roll. Well, he, can't, he can't pick music, so yeah, D9. Oh, fair enough. Okay, that was actually one of the ones I was considering. All of them. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go with literature. All mm. right. And literature will be from the 60s. All right, so based on 70s music and 60s literature, please write down your bids. Is it okay? Can you tell us if you wrote both of these or if there's a guest writer? I will tell you. I will tell you when I read them. Oh, f- that. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll have to block that out. Uh, okay, thanks. I'm, I'm locked in. We're good. I'm still thinking here. Hold on. I told you we don't like thinking on this podcast. Know, Make sure so. you carry the one. That's all that matters. <laughs> carry the uh, one. CPA. Never, uh, never underestimate the value. I mean, do you have a calculator? Because you might need one of those. I usually do, but I didn't uh, bring one with me today. Rarely without a trusty 10 key. I have a 10 key right here that's an old automated one. It's the uh, <laughs> handle on The stir story in my office, I really do. Um, I keep a... Uh, you have a sweet Optimus Prime, though, behind you. That's far more important. <laughs> How dope is this guy? Right? It's super it's dope. Is this not the dopest? It, have you ever seen one of these? Is that the one that, you that showed it is to voice us, yeah. activated? Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the voice activated okay. one. That's yeah. awesome. He's 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 kind of killer. He's my favorite thing that I own. I, I have my Ninja Turtle calculator that I keep at, at school, and it's like an old school, like from the eighties, mm-hmm. early nineties. Uh, Michelangelo that you, you open the head, and that's where the. Oh, I, I took awesome. the ACT using that calculator, and I <laughs> wow. still, I still have it. That's great. That's very cool. All right, I'll just uh, do that. That'll be my wager. All right. All right, here are your questions. Your first one is in 70s music. By the time he got to Phoenix, what rhinestone cowboy spent his southern nights as a Wichita lineman, as well as winning four performance Grammy awards, plus a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2012? And your 60s literature question. What Saul Bellow novel follows five days in the life of a man named Moses, who, at the age of 47 having a midlife crisis following his second divorce. I think he should have been named Vorner. Uh, oh, yeah. It's my turn. I got to talk now. Uh, while Scott and Will are thinking about their answers, I'm here to tell y'all, check out different shows on the Beef Up Network. If you guys obviously are into some nostalgic things, so f- feel free to check out Blast From Our Past that John and I do. Um, it'll also potentially give you hints on... Uh, uh, maybe one of your favorite things that'll help you on the show to, to get picked first. Um, besides that, check out Cartwright, the Seinfeld podcast. Check out Podcasting After Dark, Action, Action, People Don't Forget, and Talking Back. All fantastic shows that dive into things you love from back in the day. Okay. I'm locked in. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. I could wait a long time <laughs> thinking about this, and I'm not going to, it's not going to help. <laughs> All right. Well, Will, since you were behind, why don't you give us your answers to the questions? My answers are, I don't know country music, even though I should know this first answer. And I wrote Smith, knowing it's wrong. And for Saul Bellow's book, my answer is, even though you said Varner, I was like, oh, maybe it's Werner. And I just wrote Herzog as my answer. Herzog. All right. And Scott. 
I love that so much because that's exactly what I put too. You can see it right here. I put Hurt Song there because I was just like, "There's, I have nothing better for this answer than Hurt Song." I know I've heard the name Saul Bellow. I've probably heard this book in my life and time, but it's just not coming to me at all. So I put the exact same, most likely wrong answer of Hurt Song. Um, but the first one I had at Rhinestone Cowboy, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Glenn Campbell. All right, and your answers for the 70s music question, uh, that rhinestone cowboy was indeed Glenn Campbell, and the 60s Saul Bellow novel is Herzog. Are you kidding me? That's Whoa! Really? <laughs> yes. Are you serious? Wait, yes. did you spell it W-A-R-N-E-R? Yes, because I didn't look it up. I just spelled it. It's Ver. It's Werner. I don't w- care. E-R and- I don't oh, care. Oh, I did now the I, same I, exact thing. I literally put that as a joke answer I because I thought you said it stupidly. Too. Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> now but, I feel bad about it. I would have taken longer on the rhinestone cowboy because I, I mean, knew the second one wasn't right. Either way, yeah. Either way, you got him there. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh man, it's, that it's sucks. A, I, but it's hilarious though because. I put the same thing down as a joke answer yep. because I was like, I can't even think of another Werner. I was like, yep. is it is it maybe Warner Brothers that he's just, you know, yeah. having a funny way of saying it? I don't and, know. And maybe it's Bruthers or something. I, yeah. I was just. I only put that in there because I didn't think anyone would get it without that kind of hint, and I was oh, yeah. too lazy yeah. to look up how to spell his name. So. Yeah, and that's, that's why good trivia writing. Yeah, I, I that was one of those things where like if I if I thought that it was Werner, I might have actually been more confident, and then taken time to figure out Glenn Campbell because I know I know that it didn't come immediately so I was just like if the second one's not a real guess I just don't guess on the first I one. Was, I was so happy with you answering that because I was just like oh man I'm, I'm not even mad that he took the joke because I'm just I'm just impressed that he and I thought alike on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right well there's not going to be too much uh, mystery here but let's find out what our final score is. Will how much did you bid? I'm wondering what he bet because I bet zero. Okay. So I'm just wondering, like, if if that was, yeah, uh, if, if he bet enough that I could have won. Let's let's yeah. see what what what, what happened. I, I really wrapped myself around several times. I was like, do I bet enough to cover? Do I bet enough to lock him out? And I said, you know what? With this being literature, there's no idea what's coming up here for me. So I did. I had twenty, then ten, and I wrote. I finished on eleven, and <laughs> I was going to wager. Wow. I was going, I thought you'd wager a little more than just one to get over the hump and, and beat me. And I was like, well, I'll just wager 10 plus one just to, in case he goes 10 over to try to. I will tell you that the two numbers I had written on my paper were 70 mm-hmm. and zero. So I was <laughs> yeah. going big or I wasn't. You're either going big or going yeah. home. That's impressive. So, uh, like I said, I've played this game a lot with yeah. these guys and I still, this is where I screw the game up almost yeah. every time I go into the final, almost always leading. And I'm just like, not enough to shut it out. So I don't know what I'm going to do here. So let's all find out together, shall we? All right, Adam, let's find out what was our final score. Yep, I'll do the math. And uh, that was my uh, imitation of that thing, whatever the hell that thing Scott talked about. That was terrible. Uh, 111 to 70. It doesn't even sound like that, does it? A tin key? You mean a tin key? Yeah. You think a tin key sounds like like a... I don't know what it sounds like. Maybe that was more of my impression. You need of, more uh, kachunks. <laughs> kachunk. Yeah, you need a lot kachunk, more. Kachunk. <laughs> okay, thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah. Maybe that was the uh, Ninja Turtle calculator impression. <laughs> yeah, maybe. About that. Maybe. Yeah. All right. With a score of 111 to 70, Scott Barber is the winner and going to be continuing on to play Frankie Mitchell. All right. Gentlemen, wow. this was actually a very, I think, very good game. Very impressive. Uh, only a few questions missed throughout. And some, I think some tough questions that you guys actually got right. I was impressed by mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. And on top of it, I mean, some even the ones we missed were in a lot of cases near misses. So, yeah. I mean, this was just a really solid uh, Will's just, again, I can't believe you're pairing me a first freaking round against Will Gilbert. It's okay. I can lose in, in this round. That's fine. <laughs> Dude, this was, this was brutal. As soon as I saw, as soon as I heard I was playing Will, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. First freaking round. Don't worry. This means that next year I will also be unseated. <laughs> just oh, yeah, so I can yeah, play you yeah. again in just so you can just so you can come and kick my ass again because yeah. yeah, you say you were, this but you led the entire way you were Glenn Campbell away from from and a potentially a, winning but I also bet zero yeah. so <laughs> but again next year you'll be like okay but I don't know how he thinks kind of so alright well Maybe. Scott uh, we'll hear from you again later so we'll uh, you can use this time to do any promotions, uh, curse my spelling of Werner Herzog's name, however you want to do it. I, I don't want to curse your spelling. Spelling doesn't matter in real life. You have, you have spell checks for that, usually. Um, the shout outs I gave almost every time I still want to, want to shout out, which are, um, I always want to shout out my students um, and their families for putting up with them. Um, because they have to deal with them when I'm not with them. But also, one of the things that I love about my job is that every day I get to see young folks who are smarter and better than me in most ways. And uh, it, it always gives me hope that that there is a positive outlook for the future uh, of, of my life, right? There's going to be uh, people who know what they're doing, uh, who are on their way, um, which is... Uh, always helpful to think about um so uh, a shout out to all those young folks out there and um support them because they need help too uh, just like we all do uh right now with uh pandemic things and or the world changing as fast as it is um yeah support them and they're great all right well that's adam and i'm john this was another episode of throwback trivia takedown Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head to head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.